0: Pete Cohen. I am so glad to have you today on my podcast. Be happy, healthy, and wealthy. And indeed, you know, it's so hard to get a hold of you because you're so busy. So indeed, this morning, it's a pleasure to have you. And Pete, can you introduce yourself so that my audience can know a bit more about you and your accolades and achievement?
1: Well, it's it's interesting when, thank you so much once to start off with for the opportunity to, to spend this time with you, you know, I, I never under appreciate, I always maybe over appreciate the opportunity that I have to speak and I've done lots of things in my life, but you know what? I feel like I've only just got started. So when you were asking me to introduce uh, myself, I was thinking, I'd love it if I could introduce you to the person I'm going to become, not me. Cause I don't cut it the way I am, mm. but the person I'm committed to becoming, that is the person that I would love everyone to meet. And maybe one day you will meet that person because I will be more courageous, more wiser, more loving, more uh, successful. But in terms of what I've done, yeah, I have done a lot of things in my life and um, yeah, I've written 20 books uh, published in multiple languages all around the world. Um, I had a a career on television i had my own tv show on discovery wow. i've worked with many athletes wow. Um. i've done so many things but i feel that a lot of the things i did i i it's not i wish i i would have done them differently if i could have gone back in time but i don't think i enjoyed what i was doing as much as i could have because i was always looking to the next thing mm.
0: wow so you were looking for the next thing
1: I was looking for the next thing because I thought the next thing was the thing that was going to make me happy and I didn't think I was good enough. So it didn't matter. It's called, it's, there is a term for it. It's called hedonic adaptation, which is you adapt very quickly to what you get, you know? So, and then you want something else. So you're constantly in need, always needing something, Mm. you know, and it was never, never, it was never enough um, Mm. because I could be famous and I had a fortune at one, at a couple of points in my life, but it never made me happy. You know, it never made me feel true, true fulfillment, which I think is a completely different thing. There's external fulfillment, I, I believe, and then there's internal fulfillment.
0: Wow. So, so do you think you've arrived to that internal fulfillment?
1: <laughs> uh, I think I'm always arriving. I don't think I've arrived. So you are because arriving. Me, yeah, I'm arriving. Like I'm, I'm becoming yeah to me life isn't about it's not a destination it's not like i've I've achieved I've done it yeah. it, it you know even when people meditate life is still moving life yeah. never stops, yeah, so it's how I'm moving through the world you know and i I think that i I don't think there is one answer yeah but I think the answer is up to individuals to work out your way,
0: yeah. you know
1: what do you think?
0: I mean, for me, I I agree with you. i actually similar to you. I, uh, you know, I, I speak, I do this, I do that. And I'm always moving. I'm always one thing, the next one. And actually this year, God spoke to me and said that you really need to stop and enjoy. So I kind of gone back to him and, yeah. um, you know, spending more time with my family because uh, end of last year, my kids told me, mom, when are you going to be at home? A bit more. I want to spend time with you. And that put tears in my eyes. And I felt, I always put you to sleep every night. You know, I work very hard for you guys because I was chasing the next thing. And just like what you're saying, it's not the destiny, it's it's the being. It's the process, the formation, the evolution that is um the thing that I've enjoyed all this while, I, I mean, I, I love what you said about the future self. i love, you know, a um, few other people that I follow talk about Mr. Beast and I've learned that. So mm. I've got my future self. I've written letters to my future self. I'm not there yet, but I think just like what Matthew was saying, when I'm about Matthew to get McGonag- there, yeah, I'm yeah. going to have my next future self, you know? Yeah.
1: So I, I, think- I, 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 yeah, go on. Sorry, sorry.
0: So it's it's like a moving target. You know, I'm yeah. I'm getting better. I'm like an onion being peeled, and also like you know, um, I mean, not like a snake, but in a sense that you're always evolving. You know, peeling the skin mm-hmm. and you know, getting. I hope getting more beautiful.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, beauty is a fascinating thing, isn't it? The, the beauty of what we see on the outside, but the beauty of what we've become on the inside by what we've done with what we have you know you were alluding to Matthew McGonaghy there you know in his Oscar winning speech in 2013 yeah where at the end he goes I want to thank my hero yeah Uh, and he he talks about the story of someone who said when he was 15 yeah who's your hero and he goes I don't know yeah and he saw the person two weeks later and the person said so who's your hero and he goes I've thought about it it's me in 10 years time yeah and that was when he was 15 and what's interesting is um Uh, Stephen Bartlett, who I introduced to an event, he said something very similar. He said when he was 15, he knew who he was pursuing. And I think it's great in life to pursue something. Mm -hmm. uh, But I I don't think for me, there could be anything better than pursuing me just being more than I am right now. But that might not be for everybody.
0: Yeah, I, I I know what you mean. It's it may not be for everybody, but I think in general, a lot of people that I follow they tend to have that tendency to just want to improve themselves. That they always say that I've not yeah. there, I'm not there yet. And actually, I yeah. I heard what you've just said on your podcast, the the seven habits of effective uh, entrepreneurs. You mentioned these few people, and actually, I didn't realize Matthew was uh, this. Person. I just knew him from as a movie star. And actually, on one of Tony's event, he was talking. and he actually said, "Watch this one." and he was showing his his speech about the Oscar. And I was like,
1: what when you say when you say Tony? do you mean what Tony Tony Robbins?
0: Robbins yeah, so Tony Robbins yeah. invited Matthew onto his program. so i'm I'm also yeah. in part of the inner circle of Tony Robbins. So um so one of the program obviously over Zoom, you know, on on Zoom, one yeah. of the live program and um Matthew was there in in the in the studio, you know, and few other great people there, you know, Dean and a few others. And uh, Matthew was there and I was like, wow, Matthew, wow, amazing. So what is he gonna talk about? And I I didn't expect that from him, that he's also yeah into self-development and and since then on facebook massively. i've been following him yeah
1: he's massively into personal development and, and that you know when i think of my story and the impact that tony robbins had on me in fact tony robbins personal trainer is a, is a very good friend of mine is a guy called billy beck the oh. third
0: but um
1: that's that's not that's just a, an aside but the book awaken the giant within i think i read that in 1996 Um, and that was a big game changer for me in terms of personal development and the books I wrote Um, yeah Tony Robbins has done a lot for uh, self-development you know he's done a lot for waking people up to the application of of practical psychology Mm. Um, but can I ask you because obviously I, I know a little bit about you but where where were you born
0: I was born in Malaysia
1: yeah so, But you have Chinese blood, right, in you? I've you oh got, yeah, a
0: lot Chinese of Man- blood. So I speak, yeah, I speak uh, four languages. So I speak Malay, I speak Cantonese, and I speak Mandarin, and of course English, yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah, because I I, I, I know quite a lot about Malaysia and a lot of Malaysians. Been, that are, have you been are there to speak? No, I've been to China. I traveled in China for uh, six months, in fact. I had a, I, I think I've mentioned him before, I, I had a coach. Uh, for 16 years he was from the philippines and um i traveled with him in china we went yeah. to beijing guilin guangzhou langzhou wow. and i i it was a massive eye opener for me mm. in terms of the east and eastern philosophy mm. and um just a different way of looking through the world and i and i never forget one thing he said to me once he said in the world the biggest problem is people always want to be right i'm right you're wrong this is good. This is bad. And he said, when you're facing someone like I'm facing mm. you, my mm. right is your left. Yes. So I, if I can look <laughs> at the world through your eyes, yeah. and then he said, and then he said, it's not even about the two sides. He said, there's more than two. He said, there's front, there's back, there's left, there's right, there's up, there's down, and there's you. Yeah. So there's seven ways you can look at something if you want from a physical point of view, if you're talking to someone else, well, they've got their seven, that's 14 points of view. Wow. And to be able to look at something with a fresh pair of eyes, yeah. that to me is where the magic really is to let go of yeah. what you, what you know. So you're yeah. open to learn. And you're obviously like me, a, a lifelong learner. learner, but what, what, what drives you? What, what is your driving force?
0: You see, the apart thing from is, your children, of course. Yeah. So to be the best version of myself, so I I kind of awoken from this sleep. So I was uh, trying my best, you know, doing things. Um, I didn't want to do very much. Uh, Finished medical school, and then came over to UK. I was I I had eating disorder that time, and uh, I was still struggling with my own identity. I was really, you know, plain. I would say, uh, mediocre. I didn't want to step into the higher self of myself. And uh, what happened was all the last few years, because obviously I was, you know, investing in my kids, doing different things, you know, just pushing my kids, you know, like tiger mom, And, um, you know, also I think there was some reason behind it. I've kind of discovered that over the years. And uh, I kind of toned down and realized that, you know what, I'm going to uh, work on myself. So over the last few years, I've decided to work on be the best version of myself. So my drive is obviously, mm-hmm. uh, you know, my family, you know, because I know when I become the best version of myself, spiritually, emotionally, mind, physically, and everything, my kids will see that. And I will leave legacy and uh helping people has has kind of uh pushed me uh not to be selfish and uh, and that's what has happened over the years i'm still slowly you know changing evolving because the more i learn uh the better i've become and uh yeah. like you you know i've learned so much from you and uh, i've seen your journey with your wife you know because again you know challenges come along obstacle comes comes along your way you know you're you're top up there and things will come in to topple you bring you down but then you stay put actually climb even higher you know going out the normal sphere the natural way but actually looking for miracles i think that's really inspired me
1: yeah you know that thank you for sharing that because i was curious what what with medicine what type of medicine did you study
0: what type of method okay so yeah so I came uh to to this country so I I I was a physician so I got my qualification as a hospital physician then because I wanted to have family so I stepped back and uh work as a GP so I'm I'm a
1: so let me ask you okay let let me ask you because you know I love when I do when we do podcasts it's like if I mean it seems like you're happy with this in terms of we're freestyling here we're having a conversation which is
0: yeah yeah we're having a conversation which is great yeah
1: yeah,
0: yeah. You know? i'm not pre- well, thought, well, listen- because i've got a long questions for it but it's fine
1: i love it you know okay okay so um you know i think people love listening to conversations like you go to a restaurant and you hear people engage in a conversation and you start listening what are they talking about you know it's mm-hmm. like that on on clubhouse as well people often like to listen to what are they talking about i want to ask you so as a so, okay, you were going to ask me about my wife. So I'll give you the, the background for your listeners. Um, 13 years ago, my wife was diagnosed with a, a brain tumor. It's called an anaplastic astrocytoma, mm. grade three. She really wasn't given very long to live. Mm. And um, I've always believed that there's an answer to everything. Yeah. And um, I told you about my coach. I called him up. He, he lived in Dallas. He was a doctor as well, Rafael. He was from the Philippines. He was eight of 16 brothers and sisters. Wow. I, I called him up and I said to him, Rafa, what should I do? And he said, find people that are still alive and find out why, find out what did they do? Yeah. I never would have thought of that. Wow. And then he said, ask her what she's going to do when she gets better. Uh, I didn't ask her that question for three years because I didn't actually think it was important. But mm-hmm. now I know it's probably the most important question. What are you going right. to do when you get better? Because it's forcing people to look out of the, the challenge of where they are. Yeah. So I found a treatment in Houston. We went there. It was about 200 and something thousand dollars for this treatment. Yeah. It was a, a synthesized peptide. It's called antineoplastins was the treatment. Huge amounts of controversy about the doctor. There's a Polish doctor in Houston. They've made the documentaries made Bob? about him. Dr what? Bob, is it? No, no. No, that's another <laughs> that's another part of the story. So this okay. doctor is called Dr Stanislaw Pozinski. Okay, and anyone can Google him. In fact, Tony Robbins has publicly spoken about Buzinski as, you know, the guy's a genius, but most geniuses, they get treated really badly, and people think they're frauds and charlatans.. On and- show, yeah, it's amazing what you just said in terms of what people have to go through to get through, right. Yeah. Um, so but it was when we were in Houston that we then met Dr. Bob Rakowski, who's yeah. one of the top functional medicine doctors in the world. And he was the one who encouraged Hannah to take mushrooms, um, which I'm sure you, you know about, not psychedelic mushrooms, yeah, but reishi. medicinal mushrooms. Yeah. Reishi, yeah. Reishi, Ganoderma, it, over yeah. 3,000 medical studies on it. Yes. You know, you go to PubMed and you type in Ganoderma and you see 3,000 medical yeah, studies. It's a like, lot. It's a lot. And we, we could talk about that. But the question I wanted to ask you is, and forgive me for taking such a long time to get to the question my wife made this miraculous uh, recovery and then last year she got re diagnosed with um it was multiform it was like it was it's everywhere on one side of the brain wow and i found this treatment in germany where they put viruses in the body two viruses the chickenpox virus yeah. and uh, the newcastle virus directly into her brain wow. and it triggered it triggered an immune response and you can see it on the scans i mean i, I read scans now because well i've had to you know <laughs> You've and, been but what forced the question to. i was going to ask you yeah Well, the question i was going to ask you is i know that when people get sick in certain parts of the world they will find things in nature that that are powerful yeah. but they will often look to induce a fever in the body that's right so that it the, and i wanted to ask you about that because that's what's happened it, yeah. it's triggering a, a fever in my wife because you put a virus in the body the body goes whoa what's that i better fight that mm. but then the body is then is also going well what's that yeah. you're waking your body up to right. cancer yeah i was just curious about what do you think about inducing fever uh, <laughs> no, in no, I, well
0: I, are... I i i agree actually uh it's ingenious um but obviously he kind of you know must have tested on few people you know before he yeah, yeah. started to use this you know so few guinea pigs to start with you know but um, I, I obviously as a doctor, you know, as a ho- hospital physician, you know, I I know about GPM because in year second year, um, I did histopathology on one of my uh, papers. Uh, so we were yeah. analyzing like uh, brain tumors, you know. So we were reclassifying some of the um, um, like slides for the histopathology. Yeah you know so categorizing gbm anaplastic and the different ones that, according to the latest guidelines so i i knew what that is so uh when you mentioned about it i kind of like oh wow i think going back to the scientific side is that uh i believe what's happening is amazing because that guy knows that the body will attack if your immune system is normal once it recognized that thing as a foreign, will form antibody against that. But the question is sometimes the system, the cancer evades the system and avoids uh, being detected. It's like hiding away yeah. and uh, disguise itself. And what he has done um, in a sense that he, he's probably just trying it out. A lot of people use that, uh, you know, uh, so sometimes actually stopping fever may not be the right thing. And actually, um, the other thing is taking, I mean, don't, I mean, I'm just going to put a disclaimer out there. You of know, course, in, uh, of course. The podcast people start listening. So just, just uh, obviously this is just uh, me, myself, my own opinion, not for uh, medical, uh, you know, knowledge yeah. or in any way. It's just my own opinion. I put a disclaimer out there. So you decide what you want to do, okay, listeners. So you see, even taking antihistamines, sometimes when you are reacting to something, again, it's your own immune system trying to overcome an infection, uh, or contamination, or you know, a disease. You know, so like for example, the other day Paula was talking about bee stinging. Bee stings you know, people reacting to it, actually it trigger and actually improve your immune system. So the Chinese people were using that as part of the acupuncture system for for centuries yeah. to improve their immune system. So similar to what he's done now, he probably thought that, okay, because chickenpox can actually affect the brain anyway, some of the reaction in, because one of the complications, it's uh, immune response to the brain and causing um, a complication but then what he's thinking of you know what let's do that locally and when you when I saw that update from you I was like that is so clever it's very um very logical because he's actually understanding the body physiology and trying to hone that um and it's ingenious and uh and he's he a proper researcher, he's an entrepreneur, you know, that guy's an yeah, entrepreneur you know, with his medical knowledge. He's, he wants to help people. And uh, yeah, amazing, you know.
1: Well, there's, there's, a, there's a few of these doctors and they've come together. And I met one of the doctors on a train uh, coming back from London. He's a German doctor. He practices near me. And he heard me, this was like seven years ago, he heard me talking about my wife. And then I got off the train and he came up to me and he said, do you know much about cancer? And I said, well, I know a bit because of my experience. And we became really good friends. Oh. And when Hannah was re-diagnosed last year, I asked him and what's he introduced it? me to these doctors. But you know what's interesting is, it's like these doctors haven't gone first. they They've What they've done is they've taken the work of other people, standing on the shoulders of giants. Yeah. Um, but they were probably the first people to put these viruses directly in the brain. However, now there's a study in the UK with GBMs where when they're doing surgery, they're then putting the herpes virus in the brain. So, you know, what's really fascinating is about people that go first, you know, often they're not actually going first because they were inspired by what someone else did. Mm. And I I just admire these people because they know that um, they're playing a different game. Mm. The doctors here in the UK, they can't do, they can't play in that playing field because they'd be struck off because they have to play the game in a certain way. And we know that the way that cancer has been treated hasn't really changed very much. I mean, it it has a bit, but not much. Yeah. And it's funny, when you you talk about uh, Malaysia, let me just tell you, so um, when Hannah got sick the first time and Dr. Rakowski, Dr. Rakowski, this was 13 years ago, he is literally one of the top functional medicine doctors in the world. And we know that most doctors in the West – they know how to treat sickness. They don't have to treat wellness. They're not wellness. Right. Yeah, um, and that's why the Chinese model for me is is it's is, is completely different. I I, know, I love that model.
0: You you know why I'm doing this podcast because I can't uh-huh. see a lot of this as a NS, as an NHS GP. But I mean, of course, you know, in this, I, I've got a bit more free reign, you know, because people are talking about it in a sense that I'm listening to other people giving their contribution, which again, I well, <laughs> really love to hear all these fresh ideas. because I've been reading and reading and just like what you've said, we're disease orientated, we're waiting for the disease to come about before and actually we should be doing the prevention, you know? So I so, love functional medicine. <laughs> I
1: love Listen, functional medicine. Listen, 97.3% of Americans are unhealthy by four basic measures. 97.3 by yeah. four measures. Four measures being body fat, um, being over 20 if you're a, fe- a male, 30 if you're a female, uh, not doing 150 minutes of moderate exercise, uh, smoking, and uh, not eating a particularly healthy diet. 973 mm. 792 million people are suffering from mental health problems. And this is what Dr. Rakowski said to me. I I, I took him when we were in Houston. I took Hannah there and he did these tests. He looked at her urine, her blood, her saliva. And then he sat us down and he said, how does a tornado start? And I'm thinking, why are you asking me this question? I said, I don't know. He said, how does a whirlwind start? I don't know. How does a thunderstorm start? I don't know. (laughs) He says they start because the conditions are right. How does cancer start? The conditions are right. How do you change the conditions? And that's where there are many ways to change the conditions of something, right? Obviously surgery, radiotherapy, chemotherapy, but what about diet? What about psychology? And very few people are looking to play outside of the norm. And Mm. I understand challenges that we play if you go outside of the norm well look at all the things you could be exposed to that could be snake oil and could be a scam Mm. but let me just go back to that thing about um, mushrooms because Dr. Rakowski put my wife on a ketogenic diet which was no sugar Mm. right and anyone really knows anything about cancer knows that cancer exclusively loves sugar. sugar so but then he said If he said, I asked Hannah if she drank coffee, and Hannah said, Yeah. He said, Well, drink this coffee because this coffee had Ganoderma reishi in it. Uh, I thought nothing of it. Yeah. Nothing of it at all because I didn't drink coffee. But to cut a long story short, if you do your research on this mushroom, which you can take just on its own, we now sell it. We actually have a company, we sell this coffee and tea, but it's all infused with reishi from China. But our manufacturing is in Malaysia. <laughs> oh, but anyway, really? that's a, oh. Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. Oh okay. I said, not that's, again, it, it's of course, of course, of course. Listen, I'll send you some. Don't don't worry about that. It's it's no, a. I, I
0: don't drink coffee, but actually I've got we have tea. A, a, a sample last time from a friend, and because my patient actually asked me what do you think of Rishi mushroom? I said, Yeah, I've done some research about it. And then I I actually texted him. I said I put the disclaimer here again as your GP, as it, I've just got a sample here. Do you want to try? Yeah. He, so we, we also have it,
1: we, we, we have it in capsule form because look, there's, there's three parts to a mushroom, right? So there's the mycelium, which is under the ground. Yeah. Then there's the mushroom itself. And then when the mushroom germinates, which is the spores, mushrooms have been around for thousands longer than us. They share a very similar DNA to us. They are the most medicinal thing on earth in terms of what they can do to the human body. There's the Western perspective and the Eastern perspective around all of this. However, I'm going to tell you two things about this. One is go to PubMed, which you obviously have, but anyone can go to PubMed, which is the biggest medical database in the world and type in Ganoderma. And you'll see there's over 3000 studies. There've been studies on Ganoderma and loads six over 600 on cancer, uh, diabetes, even HIV, Mm. even, um, COVID and what's really, if you look at the history of this, it was reserved for the emperors in China. Mm. And it's like, why, why? Mm. Well, many of the emperors in their seventies had over a thousand mistresses. Okay. If you have over a thousand mistresses, anything in nature that is powerful is going to go to you first. And Mm. the stories are that if you were caught with this, the mushroom, and you were not in the Royal family, they chop your arm off. First offence, second oh. offence, they chop your head off. Mm. And there's so much research on this, but this is what I wanted to tell you. When Hannah was re-diagnosed last year, she didn't have any treatment for six weeks. The only thing she did is she quadrupled the amount of the mushroom, mm. the spore, the, which is the most potent part in capsules. And the doctors called me and asked me, because she had another scan and they said, can you tell us what she has been doing, please? Because there is considerable change here. Wow. And we said, the only thing is this mushroom. And you can understand how they can't talk about that. They can't describe that. But uh, Dr. Hillary Jones, who's a very, very good friend of mine, and I've known Hillary for 25 years, mm. Um, he's looked at this and he, he says, it's obvious, it's obvious that there's something there, Yeah. but you have to be careful about, cause we can't prescribe it. It's not a medicine. However, the last thing I'll say on this is if anyone has ever taken a drug,
0: mm-hmm. a,
1: a medicine that and over 70% of all of those medicines that are molecules from nature, something from nature. So yeah, yeah. why are there over 3000 studies? Well, it's obvious the pharmaceutical companies are looking to make the next block to blockbuster drug that yeah. they can manufacture for pennies and sell for millions and billions. I mean, yes. that's just how this thing works, right?
0: Yes, that's that's how they cash get the uh, cow cash, is a a cash cash cow.
1: Yep, it's a cash cow, and then they'll keep you on the drugs. I mean, I remember when my dad was first diagnosed with high blood pressure; they he was going through a very stressful time. Mm. um and they put him on the drugs which brought the it down and then it was fine but they kept him on the drugs yeah why well one is fear because fear if they bring him off the doctor who's a friend of the family well it will be on him but the other is keep him on the drug rather than hang on he's not stressed anymore yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know it's it's that's how it works right yeah
0: yeah but that's I'm, I'm, like you so 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 you decided that because you've seen the reward and you want more people to know about it which i'm hoping that my audience will learn a bit more about this and obviously uh, i mean i i started looking into it obviously you know reading about and also people inquiring and asking about it and uh yeah that's how i found uh read about rishi
1: well, you know, what's going to be even more interesting is the role of psychedelic mushrooms. And now, honestly, anyone who's working in the field of psychiatry, yep. ps- uh, psychotherapy, they're all talking about using psilocybin cybers- cybers- mushrooms uh, extracts yep. mm-hmm. for the treating of depression, um, people who are dying. Mm. Um, and there was research that was done in the 70s around all of this. And then it was all because it was then a, it was considered a class A drug, Mm. that you know people didn't but you know in the future i think we're going to yeah. just see when we mushrooms didn't... are the lot la- sorry i just love mushrooms i just think they, <laughs> they, they i love mushrooms they...
0: i love to eat mushrooms i've got snacks which are mushrooms you know i was actually last year or the year before i was planning to grow mushrooms shiitake mushrooms so i was Shitake. you know, trying it on you know kind of a diy style and then i was thinking of buying a barn somewhere put in the, the right environment and start something. And then eventually then I thought, you know what, too much hard work. Let me just go back to properties. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. Uh, actively you know, looking ways, you know,
1: if if people want to do their, I mean, I can share, I've done a whole lot of research and I've created some, um, I've created some films and I've got some amazing testimonials. Again, you can't make medical claims about any of this stuff. And I understand you definitely need to say that. And I need to say that I'm not a doctor. My background, was in physiology. I was a a person, my first degree was in sports science. My second degree was in uh, human behavior and psychology. I'm just interested in, if you've got a problem, what's the answer to your problem? You know, what's the solution? I believe there are solutions to, to everything. I think the only reason we're here is because we found solutions. That's right. And, you know, with, with, with mushrooms, there's, there's a couple of, there's a film on Netflix called uh, Fantastic Fungi. And it's by, of this guy called Paul Stammers who's spent his life dedicated to mushrooms. And in the last series of Star Trek, so in, 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 in Star Trek that they, they always have their technology with crystals. And I really like, I really like crystals, right? I don't yeah, know I why, I don't know what they do. I don't know why they do, but I don't know why, but in their technology, their machines, their spaceships, they're all charged by crystals, right? In the latest uh, Star Trek, it's all about mushrooms. <laughs> oh, wow. and, Yeah, the mycelium. And they found a way, in, it's, only, it's only science fiction, they found a way to use the, the mushrooms to charge and allow them to go to a place they've not gone before, wow. which is, I don't know whether you've ever watched Star Trek, but it's to boldly go where no man has gone before. Yeah. But the lead scientist, his name is is Paul Stammers and they've named him after this guy who made the film. Oh. And I think as I talk to you and as I'm reflecting on what I'm saying, you know, you're like me in terms of we want to play outside of the box to f- mm. see what else we can find, mm. you know, and I admire you for, you know, training in one area, but not being defined by that. Is that. Like, I am a doctor, but I'm also a mother. I'm also into property and that we can be so much more when we decide to reinvent ourselves. And that's what I'm into. I, I I'm not a fan of personality testing. I believe our personality is what we say yes to. I yeah. know human beings can reinvent themselves. That's we right. do reinvent ourselves, but very few people do it consciously. They just evolve, evolve. by what happens. They react rather than mm-hmm. consciously choosing to be better to be different and that's what you represent to me
0: mm. i mean you too you know that's why i i'm 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 so glad that i've got you on here and you know the interesting conversation we're having now it's uh, it's super you know and so i wanted to know how did you become who you are now what led you to this
1: well just going back to one thing you said there about this conversation you know i can't, can't wait till this podcast comes out that i can tell people you know, to listen, because I want people to meet you. Yeah. You know, I I think you will inspire so many more people, especially people that follow me, you know, um, because you should be careful who you follow. But if you follow the right people, I think someone who we both know, Rob Moore, I mean, mean, I've known Rob for probably over 20 years, we made a TV program together. And, uh, you know, he said something once to me, he said, Every hero needs a guide, yeah. you know, and but we can all be guides. We can all be heroes. We've got to guide people and I've been guided. And Mm. you asked me how I got here. I've been guided to this point by great parents. I've been guided by many mentors and and people who have helped me. And by the way, Rob, when Hannah got sick again, Rob, he, he, he drove down here to see me. Mm. He donated, he donated uh, I think 5,000 pounds, right? And Mm. a lot of people don't really know Rob more. They think they do, but they don't know. And what's amazing about Rob is he has the ability to, he won't invest in things that he can't see Mm. the thing evolving in the future. So he has this ability to prospect in his mind. Mm. So I love to be around people like that because he's a great person to to bounce things off and ask for their opinion. So I I follow a few people and he's one of those people. I don't follow too many people because I just get lost. I'm thinking, who the hell am I following? You you (laughs) You can't be
0: multi-directional.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then you end up thinking, what am I doing? Where am I going? And yeah. so how did I get here? I got here through great parents who both aren't here anymore. But my parents were, my dad was always said, son, it's not what you know. It's who you know. And my mum always said, there's an answer to everything. And uh, uh, reflecting on that now makes me realize why I I love knowledge and wisdom so much, Mm. because I want to find answers to things. Um, Mm. um, And I also got here through a lot of insecurity, a lot of fear of I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. So I need to prove myself to the world. So it was a a combination of a few different things that have resulted in some great work. But now I'm, I'm not really driven anymore by insecurities you know Mm. i'm 53 soon i don't care what people really think about me i'm more interested in what i can leave behind (laughs) Mm. what about you how did you get here
0: (laughs) yeah similar kind of journey i i did share a bit earlier on you know i had issues with insecurity you know i i was uh, a kid out of seven so i'm number six so i always have to prove myself um I yeah. always felt that, you know, that was my perspective. Now looking back, I was like, oh, why did I have that perspective? If only I've been taught not to think that way, you know, that was the meaning I gave to my life, you know. So, but it it drove me to do better. So I, you know, I was not pretty, you know, I was, you know, pros and cons, you know, and uh, driven to to be better of myself during that time. So, When I was not good enough, because I couldn't handle failure, I had eating disorder, you know, I kept it a secret, Um, nobody knew, only my roommate knew about it. So that was my story, Uh, my secret. So outside, I looked fine, you know, uh, leaders do this and do that. And inside, I was, you know, eating myself, you know, punishing myself. Um, not not happy. And
1: what and changed? Remember... What, what 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 changed? I'm sorry to interrupt changed you. What
0: change was my shift on self love? So what change was? I beginning to love myself because uh, a pastor said this. So Joseph Prince, I don't know whether you know him. So he's a yeah. famous guy. So so he taught about grace, and I start learning about grace rather than law. So even though I, I I've been a Christian for many years, I'm always working, working hard to please God. So I'm always wanting to please my parents, always wanting to please God. God, you know, I was, this was the statement. I didn't verbalize it, but I realized I've been actually saying this to God. God, how can I make you love me more? And one day Joseph Prince was saying this, God can't love you anymore. You have to love yourself. You know, I I think him or someone, and I just hear that voice inside me resonating. he he can't love you anymore he's love you to the max even if you're the only one in this whole white world he will still die for you on the cross and i just heard that and that just boom in my heart completely destroyed all those um you know self-hate self-loathe and and i start learning to love myself and i beginning i mean what i did was i begin to every day uh receive God's love so every day the ritual I do is that I I talk to God and I just you know just God you love me so much you know you you care for me you're there for me so when I become sad or what usually something that I didn't do right or I beat myself up and then I have to turn you know rethink my thinking and say that no 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 it's fine Failure. So I've learned now, you know, failure is just another way for me to learn. It's just this way didn't work. I'll try something else. It's a feedback. So I've kind of remind myself because all the years I can't accept failure. I have to be the top. And um, But you're always from a a fish, you're going to move to a bigger pond all the time. And you can't always be the top, but you just could only work harder and just improve yourself. That's how I learned now to have this balance, you know. To be happy, contented, but also at the same time have the drive, you know, to, to just improve myself. So it's that balance, that harmony. So that self-love was the shift. So from self-love, I stop eating disorder. Um, I start loving myself and I start accepting myself, you know, and I still moan on and off, you know. And I work, you know, NLP, ECT, you know business learn this learn that you know my money mindset my movie all sorts i've got so many gurus and you know just just learning because i remember tony was saying so yeah the the shift started um all this but also at the same time i knew that there's more than what i'm doing i don't just want to be like partners owning the practice and i i I, because I'm actually governed by the NHS, you know, it's it's can be quite strict. A lot of red tape. I I want to do other stuff. I want to learn other stuff, and and I get bored, you know, just doing this. I'm I'm not doing anymore. And and of course, you know, patient come and ask me, I'm I'm this, I'm that, and I realize I don't have the answer for them. So I went out yeah. to find answers. So like the Rishi mushroom and I go and find answer about, you know, heat exercise, anaerobic, anti-aging, how to heal this, how to help with high blood pressure, you know, medication, gut health, leaky health, you know, eggs, you know. So I just read and read and find answers and uh, I I can't do a lot, you know, because I'm not God, but I just realized that I could point to certain things.
1: I think everything that you say to me just uh, alludes to the fact that you wanted to take responsibility and that epiphany of, you know, God will always love me, but he can't make you love yourself. And that's the choice. That's what Jim Rohn used to say, you know, about we're the only animals that have this dignity of choice, Yeah, you know, and learning to choose to love yourself. It kind of flies in the face of everything we've ever really done as growing into a world that most of us feel we've got to fit in. So if you feel that you've got to fit in, you're always going to feel that you're not quite enough. You'll never be good enough. And you're always looking for something outside of you for some form of like, Oh, some sort of credit, some form of justification. A label than...
0: to say that I'm big enough, I'm strong enough, or I have to wear yeah. this brand, you know, to pump myself up. So in a sense that, yeah, like what you said, you know, over the years, I'm, I'm still in the process. Like what you say, I'm going somewhere. Of course. I'm evolving. I am changing. And it's like every day things just come in and they kind of like, that is not right. Let's change that. Ah, so it's, it's that, that moving target that, I'm not there yet. I'm in the process, well, you know, you... and even when I started with podcasts, you know, I I was scared. You know, I was like, oh no, people, it's gonna no. Because can I tell you when I came to this country, I can't speak English properly. Yeah, because I speak Cantonese all the time. So even in medical school, everything was English. I was finding it hard, and uh, that's why when ward rounds, even though I knew the answer, I I was afraid that I say the wrong grammar, he, she pronounced, you know, differently. People was going <laughs> to laugh at me. You know, you know what? I decided then one day, you know, that the shift was, um, I was very scared of interviews because then, you know, because I, I didn't know a lot of time, uh, a lot of things about self-development at that
1: time. But you see, the thing with that, which is so fascinating, is our fear of what people will see, what what we're trying to hide. And that's why public speaking is, is a big problem for people because they don't want to reveal. They're they're frightened that someone will see a weakness in them. And obviously what you've learned to do is to think, well, I don't really care what you think about me because I'm not here for that. I'm here because I've got something to say. My message is more important than how I feel about myself, but I really commend you for the work that you do and, and having conversations like this. In fact, when Hannah was first diagnosed, I had to find a doctor in the UK that would oversee the treatment. And all the doctors said, no, all of them 50 oh, wow. probably. And then one doctor, Dr. Lawrence Buckman, and Dr. Lawrence Buckman was chair of the GP association. He said, yes. Wow. And I asked him, he's, he said, and he's still a friend of mine. um, And um, he's, he knows what's going on. And he said, I asked him why he said, well, what's the worst thing that could happen? He said the worst thing could happen is it doesn't work. If that's the worst thing that can happen, surely it's worth doing. And Dr. Hillary Jones was the same. He also said, because I asked him, what should I do? And he said, hey, if it was me, I'd go. And then he spoke on TV. I made a film about this. He spoke on TV about this doctor. And then for two years, Hillary got uh, abuse from a lot of uh, skeptics who said that he should never, because what he said is that he said, mavericks often get a hard time. Mm. when at the beginning but eventually they get recognized and like i just Elon think Musk it's amazing would, when like Elon yeah Musk. yeah Elon Musk, you know when people speak out and they and which i'd really love you for making the choice of being the person that you've chosen to become because we have to go first if we want other people to follow us yeah we need to be and, and, and like you said that's an ongoing process that's not a destination there's always I, work to be done there's always something to learn.
0: I'm not that brave. <laughs> I know you're giving credit to me. I, I'm i just saying I'm not that brave, you know. I'm just sliding along the way, you know, see what the wave's gonna take me. I knew that, you know, I'll, I'll be looked after, you know. Uh, God will look after me, there'll be money coming in. If not, I'll just sell my house, sell my cars, doesn't matter, you know. I'll just do something else and it's probably God's way for me to... Sh- this door is closed now. That's your other door. That's your only lifeline. Go ahead and, you know, don't you know, hold on to. Sometimes it's hard to hold on to a few things. You know, I'm holding on to this just because of the income. You know,
1: and I I still want to help. Yeah, but people. you also hang on. But you also help a lot of people. Right? If I was a doc, if I was a patient, I'd love you to be my doctor.
0: Yeah, I right? mean, I I yeah, I know that. That's why I'm still going to work. You know, as a GP in this country, it's just draining. We, yeah, we of are course, like, because people are coming to do this.
1: Yeah, I mean, when does anyone ever go to the doctor and say, come in and say, hey, doc, listen, I'm feeling great. I just want to explore. How can I feel even better? No, you're dealing with sickness all the time. And mm. that's challenging. And most people can only do that for a certain period of time before they go, I've done this enough. But the world still, I mean, the amount of people that you must have helped, you know, who have come because they had a problem and you've helped them with their high blood pressure or their depression or whatever it is. And um, I just admire people I, like you I, that I do mean, the work that you do.
0: Thanks, thanks, Peter. I mean, I I still wish, in a, in a sense, I wish I could have done more. I wish I could have done more, like patients who had cancer, you know, patients yeah. with this and that. And and sometimes, you know, you you because you see so much of this, you become your heart become hardened. You get callous, like callosity. You you get hardened. You get cold. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because you yeah, just being battered. You, but know? you have
1: to survive. You have yeah, to survive. Yeah.
0: And and I had to remind myself every day why I'm doing it. You know. Also yeah. at the same time, you know, I have to remind myself. You know, do I want to do again until nine p.m. The work is nonstop. You know, what do I do? You know, but like I say, it's, you know every day. So I I kudos to all the gp partners out there you know locums is different locums you know or out of hours gps they just do the work and then that's it you know but for gp partners the money is not a lot but the hours they have to put in to really run the practice you know but you know what if labor party wants to you know remove the partnership you're very welcome to do it but you're not going to get that cheap you know whatever private company is going to come in they are going to want the, the profit and you're going to have to pay per visits. And imagine that the, the government's going to lose a lot of money. So, I mean, if they want to remove this system, it's up to them because we are literally, you know, working uh, so so much, you know, for so little being paid to us compared to, you know, The the specialist, but again, I'm I'm not complaining. I enjoy
1: my job. You know, I I get lots of things. It's the reality. It's the reality of the situation. And speaking up about that is, I think is personally, I think it's really important because if we don't speak up, what's going to happen? Sorry. Yeah. If we don't speak up about many of the things we speak up about, I think we're denying the world our message, our 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 voice, something we've got to say. And you're obviously very passionate about helping people. I'm very passionate about helping people, making a difference. But what's great that that we have chosen to do, which isn't always the easiest choice to make, is to make that a journey of introspection, you know, to look at ourselves and think about how we think and feel and act and then realize that we can change that. Mm. We can change what we think, we can change what we feel, but it all starts with stopping, you know, and stopping which is difficult like for you and I and many people like us that are go-getters you know yeah. but you know what we're not just go-getters we're go-givers, go-givers. and that's what, Napole- that's what Napoleon Hill wrote about in the 1920s he said yeah. the era of the go-getter has gone it's the era of the go-giver how can I give how can I serve how right. can I add value yeah um,
0: I, I love that uh, yeah thank you so much right okay so um so you've mentioned about how you got to this journey. And so what shifted you from what were you doing before to, you know, getting more adventurous? Because I mean, obviously, you're always wanting to improve yourself, but there are challenges coming in all the time. So what kind of the belief that you have, or the principles, behavior that you have that kind of kept you going? Like, I'm going to persevere. I'm going to improve myself. So what kind of thing that uh, you work on yourself to continue this journey?
1: So I'm sure you've heard the expression, your greatest test can be your greatest testimonial. Mm. Um, I think my greatest test has been my, my greatest testimonial and my greatest breakthroughs. I just really think that um, I see something beyond where I am. Mm. So even now with this challenges I have with my wife, I, And I still find myself getting consumed with fear, especially recently. But even despite that, I still see that there's something beyond what's happening right now. And that, to me, has made the biggest difference. Yeah. Just now I just see something always beyond. I think this is happening for a reason. I know people talk about that, um, you know, but I, I genuinely believe that everything is happening, that I might not know why it's happening in the moment but Mm. there'll be something that will be revealed to me in the future. So it's like having faith. It's um, just realizing there's more, there's more to life than just this. And also realizing that I'm paving the way for other people that with Mm. what my wife and I are choosing to do that already other people are following us in her journey. But also I, I, you know, my life's mission is to is about future self and it is about how we see the future and helping people see a future that they go, I want. I want. I know what I want to do. I know who I want to be. Yeah, that's what Gandhi talked about. Be the change that you want to see in the world. Mm. It's what great people know. They they know that there's a better version of them out there. Mm. That what they do every day could bring that person into existence. Oh, I love
0: that. I love that, Pete. You know, but in a sense that what I want to understand is because. You know, you, you've kind of summarized, you know, the right thing, faith, all these different things, your future self, you know, all those things you believe in, you know, and you've been teaching because you believe in it, so convinced of it. Now you want other people to taste it as well, you know, because you want other people to benefit and walk along. <laughs> And I that's that's why you you are a coach because you a mentor, because you know, I've seen some of the stuff you have. You're not just there for the money, you're there to improve everyone. Because when you see somebody get help, you you get that reward within you.
1: Well, you How- know, something you just said, you just said something there that I just had a bit of a, a, a penny drop, which is um, you know, when you taste something and it's so good, you want to tell people about it. So you might say, I just saw this series on Netflix. It's called, um, 100 physical. And it was, it's a hundred of these physical athletes in South Korea. And it was amazing. And I've told people about it and I'm sure many people have gone to watch it. So that's what we do, right? We tell people about great things, great food, right? And they consume it. And you're right. I've, I've, I've seen the light, if you like, I've seen a future and I'm, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a bit evangelical about it. And I understand it might not be for everybody and I mm-hmm. might not be for everybody and it might not be the right time, but yeah, I've helped so many people look to the future in a way where they go, I'm inspired about what I can do because mm-hmm. pain pushes and most people are pushed by pain, dissatisfaction, prognosis, diagnosis to change, but it doesn't get people very far. Most people, when they get out of pain, they go back to where they were before rather than, Pain pushes, but vision pulls. To be pulled by a vision—that's what inspires me. That's why I want to know what's your vision. And when mm. you hear people talk of their vision, often I'll go, "Wow, I want to be a part of that." Can I? Can I help you?
0: Mm. So, okay, yeah, lovely to have you, uh, Pete. You know, and uh, it's—you've um, given me so much gems, and I believe my audience is gonna really love this. Thank you so much, Pete. Thank you. And um, yeah, uh, so audience, please listen, subscribe and follow. And uh, amazing. Thanks, Pete. And I'll speak to you soon. Definitely. God bless you. God bless you. Bye-bye.